I don't have any power over it. Oh, shit. Okay, I fixed it. Alright, I'm so sorry I cut you off. <laughs> You're fine. You're fine. I, I don't have any I don't have any power over the countdown. And once it goes, it goes. Hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Best of Five. My name is Elon, and if you were not here during the countdown, this is the last day you get to see this abomination on my damn face. Look, Thank it's like God. please don't pull your chin like that. That's that's no, that, oh. it looks like he's milking his chin. <laughs> oh God! It was... looks like something else to me. I don't know. But... Don't was... see. Don't go there. Don't I go was there. See, say I was a being marionette, polite. You jerks. <laughs> so enjoy this bullshit while it lasts, because next week it's gone. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Best of Five. Steve is about to pour one out for the beard. Mm. Thanks to the mysterious hand. Mysterious hand, come back! What's happening? Oh, I, that was a resounding no. I don't but understand some, what's happening. Some caring person brought me uh, some Angry Orchard uh, apple juice. Ooh. Ah. Ooh, you mean cider? Is it apple cider? Soft cider. cider. Okay. It's, it's soft cider, yeah. It has alcohol in it, soft. but even more importantly, what we've learned from all of this is that Zero the Hero, thank you so much for subscribing and supporting us and all of our fantastic soft cider endeavors. Yep, nice. Zero the Hero is truly a hero. That is what we've learned today. Also, by clapping, my watch says, good work staying active, and I have not been <laughs> today, so I'm going to keep clapping away and get those things <laughs> Uh, all right. Anyway, we need is to it focus. Just, is it just the the clapping, or does the beard pulling count as well? Probably the beard pulling too. It's been it's been. Also, a, remind yeah. me to never do this again. Ever. I will not remind you. To we do have that actual content. I swear to God, we're not just talking about beards on this podcast. Yes, yes. There, we have actual content. Our doc is like three pages long when it usually is like one page. So we have a lot yeah. to get through, uh, and I'm already getting sidetracked a lot. So without further ado, my name is Elon. This is Steve Ace King Officer Jerick joining us from Minneapolis. This is a Sharpie, uh, the purple Sharpie. Welcome to Best of Five. Let's just get down to business, shall we? Steve, can you hit us with a recap? Sure. Let's actually start with picture three, can can we? Oh, man. Now you're throwing like I'm, the I'm numbers. Throwing Wait, numbers? No, uh, number four or number three? Oh, three. Okay, I got you. All right, let's tick, kick things off with the Tekken Online Challenge. Uh, they are This was the online event for the East Coast of the U.S., and it's Obscure who holds off Spirogen in the Grand Final to take the win. Uh, you see uh, Dr. Blazing Peanut and Sour Piggy rounding out the top four, but that was the open bracket. You also had some exhibition matches on Sunday, uh, with Joey Fury and Ukio, but of course the one everyone was talking about, Sonic Fox, who's been grinding the game. People wanted to know how good would they uh, would they fare against an experienced player like NYC Fab. Uh, Sonic showed some things, but in the end, NYC Fab, the 7-3 winner in that main event. Man, and that ain't nothing to shake a stick at, man. NYC Fab's been around forever, and he's like one I of also the just... players. Go ahead. Sorry. I also just want to shout out both Sour Piggy and Mr. Whoopi, both DMV locals, both Xanadu players, and shout outs to them and the collective for putting themselves on the map here. They've been training for a really long time. Happy to see them there in top eight. 
I'm an idiot. So DMV is Maryland? DMV is DC, Maryland, and Virginia, okay. and parts of Delaware that we only talk about because Sonic Fox is from there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, just wanted to make sure I was You're welcome, in the right Delaware. Way. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that uh, that uh, the R Street Fighter website uh, for their, their tournament is fuckdelaware.com. Yeah, no, who, I, who, literally Delaware, like, make up your mind. What do you want to be? Tell the truth. And it's not a state. Like, everyone knows it. Come on. Of course it's a state. They don't have any sales no, tax there. They have so you go there to they, buy alcohol. That's what I did in college. They're exclusively for tax breaks. Every single company on earth likes to say that they're based in Delaware when they're not. They're based in real 20, states. Stop at Delaware. I, I believe 20% of all U.S. Uh, corporations are based in Delaware for that pr particular purpose. Yep. Yeah. Um, my company is. Do it. My company called fuckgrapplers.com. Why did you give me a platform? <laughs> why did you give me a platform? <laughs> why did you? Why did you guys give me a platform? <laughs> You'll set yourselves up for that. Your company? Yeah. My company. You press the button. That company. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> oh, why are you listening to me? Speaking of I, fucking grapplers. I have no idea. And I, speaking fucking, of grapplers. Speaking of grapplers. <laughs> That's a much better segue than what I said. <laughs> uh, Steve, I also hear that there was a CPT of sorts. Were there any there grapplers was. in top eight? Uh, there was a bunch of Street Fighter action going on in both hemispheres. Uh, closer to our home, uh, you had the online uh, South American number two event for the Capcom Pro Tour. Uh, as always with these South America events, Brazil, uh uh, yeah, Brazil showing up strong. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, but Jalehe gets the win over Shushu uh, to okay. knock, lock Hold down on. a spot in Capcom Cup. Can you try? Can you try pronouncing his name one more time? Jalexe, Jalehe. Pretend the X is an SH. I think that's as close as we're gonna get to it. Jalexe. Yeah, it's it's great. Let's I took there. Japanese, not Portuguese. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, uh, I think that's that's closer than where we were before, so I think that's a net win for all of us. Apologies for the <laughs> mispronunciation. Uh, Shushu, uh, second place. Dark and Darlan rounding out the top four. Uh, so, Jalehe, Ja is going to Capcom Cup. Man, but hold up. I thought I thought Shushu was ass. I thought he made it to Capcom Cup that one year. Out because the one other person couldn't make it. I thought he was terrible. What's he doing yeah. getting second? Everyone, that's the thing. Everyone who doesn't win Capcom Cup this year is terrible. You know, Damn. everyone who's not IDOM is terrible. That's that's yeah. lo online logic. Washed up, washed up, washed up, washed up. Um, I also wanted to look at the the rest of the top nine and top thirteen. So there, there's Diddy Mokov. He was like one of the better players. I like a couple years ago. What's he doing top thirteen? Washed up. I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, let's not forget. But I mean, Yuki. you're doing Sorry, a great job channeling the internet, Elon. <laughs> it's been a day. But, <laughs> but I mean, you see in this tournament, you see some of the more familiar names if you've been following uh, South America uh, Street Fighter events. Shades is always in the mix. Griffin Mask is always in the mix. Uh, Didi Mokov, like you said, Zenith is usually in there. So. They're, they're very strong players. And it's also good to see uh, Argentina. 
usually they're kind of forgotten. It's usually Brazil and a little bit of Peru, but Argentina representing uh, themselves quite well with a top eight uh, appearance for Shaka. So good to see that uh, represented there. And uh, I see Saro is asking in chat about uh, Kaoma. Kaoma did not enter. Um, I reached out to him about uh, the possibility of going on for the uh, pre-show pre analysis because uh, they were looking for some South American players there, uh, but not in the mix, unfortunately. But there was plenty of people in the mix in Japan this weekend. You had a couple of big Street Fighter events tied with Tokyo Game Show, which we'll get into in a little bit. But you had, first off, the Jesu Japan Esports Grand Prix. Grand Prix. I, I am super American with my pronunciation. Grande today. Pricks. Grande Pricks. That's what we're called. Oh, not Pricks. <laughs> we're not uh, using Pricks. But it was... Uh, damn it. All right, go on. I'm sorry. It was group <laughs> stage to get into the top eight, so you had a bunch of players tying for ninth, or single elimination to get into top eight. Um, and then you had the uh, actual top eight, and that was won by Fudo, holding off Gachikun in the grand final, Banchan, Daigo rounding out the top four, but you also see players like Crusher. Not necessarily a name you see as much as a Bonchan or Daigo, but showing that uh, they certainly belong in that mix. And, rounding things out over there, you also had the kickoff of the Japanese Street Fighter League for 2020. Uh, there is only one round of action played at Tokyo Game Show. Uh, and Aurora with a 3-0 win over Splash. Uh, Aurora's team captain by Nemo. Splash's uh, captain by Momochi. Puts Aurora into first place. Gaia and Flame uh, picking up close wins. Uh, so they are tied for second effectively. Uh, first round uh, through round one of ten. So there will be plenty more action to come later this in the coming weeks. Hell yeah. Uh, turning to what to watch this coming weekend, uh, you have the last of the preseason exhibitions for the U.S. version of the Street Fighter League, headlined by Idom versus Knuckledoo. Uh, but you've also got Arturo, young, young art in the mix, thrown down against <laughs> Space Boy. Uh, that's going to be on Thursday. And then this weekend is the kickoff of the Soul Calibur 6 Online Challenge, following the same format as the Tekken Online Challenge, where you have an open tournament on Saturday and then some exhibition matches on Sunday. Uh, so that will be Friday night into Saturday and early Sunday morning for the exhibitions. So something to watch this coming weekend. Cool. A lot of content Thanks. coming out this week. Nice to see. Yeah, and thank you as always for that recap, Steve. Everybody give Steve a round of applause because I need those steps in for my watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> you right. out here janking up his step clocks. <laughs> All right, here's the sitch. Here's what we're going to do. In order to keep everything on track today, I'm going to hit this 15-minute timer, and we're going to hit all of the topics that aren't releases and that aren't meaty. So this is going to be a speed run, as you will. Welcome to Best of Five. We're not only about fighting games, we're now speed running. What? 
are, are, do we want to do okay? Fifteen. I, I call. I, I call attention. talking about Smash GG. I call talking about Smash GG. Okay. I like to just call that conversation intro. Sure. That's all. We'll do that. All right. We ready? All right. Everybody, put your hold on. Put your seatbelts on. Poof. Wait. Let me get my slightly larger glasses. My seat. I'm buckled in. Okay. Here we go. First, Brawlhalla Battle Pass for Season 2 has been announced, and it is coming out in the near future. Any thoughts on that? What new characters are they announcing? Um, there weren't any new characters with that, but I do believe... Oh, no, that's uh, Rivals of Aether. Never mind. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, it's a lot of, uh, like, that 80s sort of retro wave look. Uh, mm. Lots of neons. It... it it does look pretty cool. It's not necessarily the game for me, but a lot of what they're offering looks pretty darn dope. Hopefully they can get a, a couple more players than they did in the past. As we remember, uh, Michael dubbed them. And uh, what, what was it? It was a uh, Russian money laundering. Scheme. It, 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 I, I disagree <laughs> with that statement. I saw actual Brawlhalla players at the tournament I, I ran. It, they actually exist. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I disagree with it too, but it's still funny. Uh, okay. It'd be nice to see an influx of new players come in from that community. Yep, For next sure. topic. Rivals of Aether Definitive Edition is now out on Steam and on Switch. So That's Rivals huge. of Aether is uh, a uh, another platformer, pl platform mm -hmm. fighter uh, that is, mm -hmm. was free to play, is free to play. Uh, yeah. And it is now out with a Definitive Edition. And for the first time, it's out on a console, which is the Switch. So congrats to them making the big moves to the console. Super huge. Congratulations, dev team. You did great. That's a huge push. Hope to see more of you in the future. More steps in. Uh, any, any more thoughts on Rivals of Aether? Again, not just that so the Switch game, launch but... is huge. That's, that's going to be a huge market because there are very few independently made fighting games right now on the Switch. So mm -hmm. uh, Super Smash Brothers is huge on the Switch. This gives them even more access to the audience. We'll probably see them growing even more, and I'd love to see a couple more tournament series take advantage of that. For also, sure. buy Please. Ethernet adapter Switch players. Buy yep. Switch players. $5. I bought mine for 5 they're literally like $10 on Amazon right now for an Amazon branded one. Get one. We will post links in the chat. I have it saved. I have it saved. I've posted it 17 times today. <laughs> you you got to dig out those links then. Next, Bug Snacks review copies have been sent out. Why haven't we got one? Ooh. We've done so much work promoting that game. That game is going to carry the FGC into 2021 and beyond through the PS5, through the PS's 6, 7, and 8. Maybe not till 9. We've got to give it some rest. But Bugsnax is say going... In no way, shape, or form am I affiliated with Bugsnax whatsoever, and I cannot actually believe that I did not even get a copy. I have no clue what these two men are talking about, but I would love a copy. You don't know about Bugsnax? <laughs> Never heard you of that game before in my life. Oh, my God. Oh. We'll, we'll need to get to it when we don't have a timer running. We'll, we'll, we'll hit that up later. Next, NVIDIA Reflex is a, uh, an NVIDIA uh, piece of software that allows... Uh, for a reduction of display and input latency to PC video games, thanks to their, uh, thanks to their latest uh, uh, driver updates. So if you have mm -hmm. an NVIDIA 900 or higher, you can take, uh, you can take advantage of the NVIDIA Reflex as long as you're playing with a game that supports it. 
So is this the future for fighting games? Who knows? I do know that they've recently added it to Call of Duty, and I do play a lot of Call of Duty. Uh, and there is a notable, so noticeable difference, at least in how quickly the response is. It does feel a lot snappier with this thing on. It could be, uh, it could be placebo effect. But you know, uh, I, I I seem to have noticed some new stuff on it. Any I don't thoughts think on it'll them? change fighting games that much because fighting games are typically peer-to-peer -peer or peer-to-server. This exclusively affects your experience with it on your machine, not others. So other people won't notice anything unless they also have uh, a new NVIDIA card. Right. But, but we'll see. We'll does, see how it works. What it does open up the door for, in my opinion, is the possibility if Project L becomes a massive thing, this may mm. be sort of the, the foot into the door for that technology for the FGC. If, mm -hmm. if, PC, if a PC version of a major game it becomes sort of the way to play it, that could be the way in. So, but 100%. they could. NVIDIA. You Go got ahead. it, Steve. You got it. I was going to say, say, NVIDIA, by the not... way, we are still unsponsored. So just, yeah. you know where to hit us up. Business at bestoffive.com. Email us. Yep. Don't send actually email us. I don't know if that's the real emailing. It's uh, bestoffiveshow at gmail.com. And you can send us a couple uh, 3080s and we'll be happy. We'll call you friends 100%. forever. We will well, only have an NVIDIA talk about moment for 17 minutes on this cast. We will do it. All right. Steve, any final thoughts? Or Sharpie, it, any final thoughts? For me, this doesn't feel like the thing, but it could be mm. a thing that leads to eventually becoming the thing. Okay. Great point, Steve. Awesome. Uh, before we do move on, Paco Stevens in the chat saying, Bug Snacks and MK11 crossover, is that a tease? He's, asking, he's saying, ask me about that in next week's show. So it might happen. It might, it might happen. All right. We're, we're on a timer. We have to keep don't, going. Don't give Ed Boone any ideas. I can't uh, deal with y'all. <laughs> Uh, next, uh, and this is going to be the last topic before we hop on to the Smash GG stuff. Uh, SNK mm. is adding rollback to KOF. 2002 um oh before i get too excited ggpo rollback i'm not sure okay it is okay. in beta test so they did not use ggpo specifically at least in the the messaging that i've seen so i would assume it's their own rollback solution yep. that's and fair ggpo very recently was made uh, open source by i believe tom cannon so they could have very easily used that for inspiration but it's still amazing to see them doing that for kof because what that implies is that the very next game depending on these results will have rollback netbooks that's huge and i super applaud the development team that's not easy at all to implement uh, especially remaking a game that's super old and everything like that so great job great work dev team there at snk you guys did awesome very 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 amazing work more steps for my watch the other thing too before i let you speak steve i'm so sorry uh the the way i saw this information was via twitter via code mystics who are the crew that are working on it uh and they basically came out and said look the only reason we're allowed to do this is because you guys wanted it and you you voiced your opinion so snk took note so i guess maybe bitching on twitter is the way to get shit you want Wait, it's... before we encourage people to bitch on Twitter. <laughs> not not be abusive and har uh, harassing or negative. There we go. Sorry, Steve. What Here, were you going to say? Here's what, what throws me off about this particular your announcement. The fact that uh, the game is coming out, or that this game is coming out with rollback netcode, or... It, a SNK game is coming out with rollback netcode is not necessarily a huge surprise. It could be a backdoor test for KOF 15 netcode. Mm -hmm. It surprises mm -hmm. me 
that they're busting it out in a game that was released five and a half years ago on PC. This came out February 2015. Mm-hmm. So to see that on... You know, it's a different story in my mind than uh, the rollback netcode in Fexel because Fexel mm-hmm. is, you know, might not be a huge game, but for Arika, that is what they're working on. That's their game. This, SNK's got a library. Code yeah. Mystics has other options. So rolling it out in, in 2002, it's a very interesting choice, but I'm interested to see... Uh, how the community responds, and I hope the test actually goes well because, you know, rollback netcode would be very nice to see in in fifteen because mm-hmm. that would be a big draw for a lot of people. Yeah, I would play it. I'll be honest, I would play it, and I've never ever. I'll, I'll be very honest, I've never played KOF before. I touched thirteen very briefly. I never played fourteen. I never played two thousand two. But if they say that they have rollback based netcode inside of there, I'm touching it. I'm playing it like automatically because I know I'm going to have a good online experience, and that's what's important to me as a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have lots more to talk about netcode later on down the show. Uh, but we have six minutes and twenty seconds left. Uh, Sharpie, do you want to take this one? I would love to. So, what actually happened earlier last week was on Reddit, Smash GG, there was a comment that was made on the Super Smash Brothers Reddit that was confirmed by the mods as being officially sourced from Smash GG. And basically what happened was people were like, hey, we just heard from a a Smash GG source that they are actually in the process of shutting down completely. Smash GG made a Reddit account, uh, confirmed themselves to the to the Smashboard mods and was like, we are actually Smash GG. Here's what actually is happening. And they didn't say yes. They didn't say no that it was happening. They just said that the pandemic has caused certain changes and that they will they they are stable, but they do not know what 2022 will bring, was what the statement said. To be very honest, they didn't say a lot of yes. They didn't say a lot of no. The reason why this is important news is because, as everyone knows, Smash GG was a large a large, large source of FTC online tournaments. Uh, I ran the Skullgirls tour on it. I know a lot of other community-made tours and a lot of other smaller communities have statistics that are exclusively based on Smash GG. Um, and the whole reason we didn't use Challenge was for sourcing purposes. It, it does better with the API. It integrates so much better, and you can find it so much easier because Google SEOs it. Uh, so now everyone's really concerned about being able to archive all these tournaments and all this information. Um, in order to move into the next generation. That's huge. That's very, very huge. Yeah, and, well, the other thing, too, is not only do the smaller communities use it, but all of the bigger tournaments use it, right? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, they have contracts with Smash GG to exactly. exclusively use their platform. Um, so it's a big deal. Capcom, yeah, Capcom Pro mm-hmm. Tour, Tekken World Tour, Soul Calibur World Tour, all of the Arc, Arc Revo, all of that uses Smash GG. And, you know, you talk... I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead, continue, because I, I'm, I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction. No, no, you're fine. I was going to say uh, that something that I wanted to point out is that there is a tournament organizer, um, and I apologize, I can't remember his name right now, but he runs, uh, he's a part of the team over at the Quarterly Report, and for the longest time he's been saying this exact thing. He said Smash GG is a private company. They have absolutely no obligation to the fighting game community. While there are people that are inside the FGC and inside the Smash community at this team, we can't assume that they're going to do things that are necessarily... Um, uh, necessarily responsible with this data. They could sell it 
at this point in time, which is a lot of people, which is what a lot of people think they're positioning to do right now, they may be positioning to sell to Amazon or even to Twitch or to Google or something like that just to secure funds. Um, we have no clue what could happen because they haven't said a lot publicly. Uh, but everyone's really worried about information getting into some large companies' hands that they can't concern. There are a lot of people that have personal home information. They may have their credit card information saved on there. They may have their Twitch analytics, their Twitch stream and social media information on there too. And the reality is they didn't consent for that information to be given out to these large companies. They consented for SmashUG to have it, but SmashUG has no obligation to not give it to someone they sold to. All right. What I was, um, two things. One, the archival point for me is a very important thing because you know, as a tool for, you know, tournament seeding, as a tool for, you know, people creating content, trying to create stories about the uh, players in an event. It is an incredibly helpful thing to be able to see, oh, he, these two players faced off here, and that was the result. And they also both entered this tournament. They didn't necessarily cross paths, but they have this common opponent. That was, that's something that's helped me in my work. Uh, when I was mm -hmm. doing uh, writing for uh, Capcom Pro Tour and other events, so to lose that would be incredibly tough. I just don't know how the how Smash GG makes enough money off of those events to get by. I I don't have any look at the uh, financial information. Uh, I to be am honest, going to. Oh, go ahead. I was I was going to say they make most of their money off of those summit things that they run and their merchandise. Yeah. But they haven't been able to sell merchandise, and they haven't done a summit in a very long time, which is probably why their finances are going down. But continue, please, Steve. Uh, I just threw a link in the chat uh, from Smash GG. They their response to this uh, in the in the Reddit thread that came up, uh, and it reads, "quote." at least in part, quote, as far as our future goes, there are always lots of conversations going on about what we need to do to continue to grow and serve the community. That has sometimes included talks about acquisition or combination with services, being more aggressive working with publishers and non-endemics, or simply being focused on how we as a company should make money while supporting TOs. That's all still going on. The big picture, however, is that we recognize our responsibilities to the community and don't plan on surprising anyone. So if any of the initiatives affect the community, we'll be really clear about what's happening explain our approach, and make sure TOs have all the information they need to continue running events. That's no, There's nothing to tell right now, but when there is, we'll share it through, uh, we'll share it through our usual, usual channels, end quote. It is important to note, just because I see someone asking inside of the Twitch chat about it, and I'll use my five-minute extension here, Elon, by the way, um, but what I will say is that one of the things that was brought up inside of that Reddit thread was that typically when, uh, when large companies dismantle, the social media team is the very first casualty of that. And I'll let Elon go ahead and re-up the time. There we go. But yeah, so... Typically, when companies shut down, the very first thing they do is cut all unnecessary fat. That usually means that HR stays but is downgraded. Uh, marketing is usually cut almost completely, entirely. You typically see everything with the exception of, like, engineering and very specific administrative uh, administrative sections of that company stay. And that's kind of what we're seeing inside of Smash GG, which is why so many people are concerned about it not being super positive in the future. I really want to cement here that Smash GG never at all admitted to closing down. They never at all admitted to 
to to being in the process of cl closing down, but we're seeing a lot of red flags. And the fact that they say we we know how this looks, but we will let you know is a uh, is a pretty good indication that like something could be happening behind closed doors. But it's too early to tell. To be very honest, it's too early. Cool. Anything else we need to touch on on Smash G? Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I think the FGC is a little better positioned than most uh, mm -hmm. if Smash GG were to go away because we've had so much uh, experience with Challenge. Like, mm -hmm. it, almost every community has someone who has run a bracket or, or two on Challenge. Uh, so the, going back to that website isn't necessarily you know, the end of the line. It's not necessarily going to throw every community for a loop. Um, but anytime you lose any sort of tool like that, something that has become such a big part of, you know, especially on the Smash side of things, but the traditional FGC as well, um, it, it hurts. And I'm mm -hmm. not sure, you know, if we lose all of that data, we're talking years of tournaments at the at the click of a, at the tap of a finger. How do we get that back? Is I know a couple people in the Smash thread mentioned archiving events. Do we have anyone on the FGC side of things doing that? Uh, to be very honest and to be very frank, no. Uh, we have a lot of very talented coders that have been working with the Smash API specifically to create things, but that's in tandem with the Smash .gg API that's not in addition to it. So we don't actually have any websites or anything like that that's archiving it. A, a lot of our visibility came directly from Smash GG. And this is, this, is a, this is a really big potential issue happening right now, which is why we've probably been talking about it now for like 11 minutes, right? <laughs> um, but it's, it's scary. It's scary to think about. It's scary well, to think about. Here's, here's another side of the coin. Something very similar happened with SRK. Like a while back mm -hmm. where SRK was uh, saying that they were going to get rid of the forums. And the forums is, you know, something that's been around for like longer than I, some of us have been alive. Uh, yeah. Uh, but not really. Uh, it's older than me. We'll touch on that later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're making me feel old now. Uh, but this is the thing. So they were threatening to shut down SRK forums. People voice their opinion saying hey there's a lot of stuff in there that we we don't think we can afford to lose right because not only is it history but it's a bunch of uh resources and a bunch of uh you know written books and all this other shit that's been in there uh so losing all of that would be a great disservice to the community and thankfully uh the crew over at srk decided to then either i i don't know if they're still running it but i think they at least archived everything so mm. So they were able to keep those forums up. So I wonder if something similar is going to happen with SmashGG in that sense. Well, what I do know is that they essentially took a new uh, position and they were able to find a secondary vendor and they actually move over there. So I would say that they took the opportunity to grow up. What I would absolutely love to say is that I really appreciate Grown Up Mike for subscribing at Tier 1, who's been here now for over two years, two years and two months. Thank you so much, Grown Up Mike. Appreciate you. Thank you, Grown Up Mike. All right, and for the last 45 seconds, we're going to touch on the last subject, uh, and that is ARC Revo Finals have been officially canceled. Wait. And I'm... 
Go for it. I wish I was joking, but I'm <laughs> no, not. I'm not gonna say anything. You got this, Steve. You got this. I was just surprised. I was excited. I was like, yeah, let's go, Rebo Finals. Like, wait, they're canceled. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm gonna use my three minute extension on this. Okay, we'll just finish mm. up this. We'll just call it. We'll okay. we'll just finish this out because I this was my bad. I did, shouldn't have started it with 30 <laughs> seconds left. This deserves a so, little more time. Unfortunately, uh, if you if you'll remember back a little earlier this year, Arc Revo announced that instead of going. All right, go on. Okay. Instead of uh, having any sort of ar offline uh, Arc Revo tour, they were going to do online events for both Japan and America. Um, and this included, uh, on the America side, online regional events that fed into an offline final um, that was to take place in California in January. When they announced, or in December, excuse me, when they announced it, they did say that they were monitoring the situation in terms of uh, the, the global pandemic. And they said it was possible that the event could be either postponed, canceled, or moved. Uh, we found out today, unfortunately, that the event was canceled. Uh, the, big, the big takeaway from that is uh, that the prize money that was due to be awarded at that finals event will now be awarded at each of the regional tournaments. So what was supposed to happen uh, was that there'd be two games, uh, BB Tag and Grand Blue. The winner, there would be a $1,000 prize pool uh, for each event split between the two uh, tournaments, so 500 per tournament. And the top three would get prize money. The top two uh, would, from each game, would form a team for that region, and they would go to the finals. Instead, uh, it's simply going to be a straight-up tournament in each region. But now, instead of $1,000 uh, per tournament and then a $20,000 uh, finale, it's going to be a $5,000 uh, tournament uh, for each event, so $2,500 prize nice. pool for Grand Blue, $2,500 prize pool for BB Tag at each of the five regional events that kick off at mm. the end of October. That's such a smart That's very nice. way of sw switching things around. And I think they said in the in their official statement that they had moved it in hopes that thing would be better, things would be better, but with the way things are, they're not confident that things will be better by the time... Uh, December rolls around, so they felt the need to cancel it, which I totally agree with. I think that's a smart move. A hard move, but a smart move. Much like how we were saying earlier in the year, it's like, we knew it was coming. Still kind of sucks, but it's the right thing to do. So, Their exact wording was that, quote, we set the, the original date with the optimistic hope that such an event would be feasible by the end of the year, but unfortunately, conditions are still not safe enough for us to run the event in confidence, end quote. And that's the reality. I mean, we're dealing it with it here in Minnesota. Um, this would involve me admitting to watching a an zero and three Vikings team right now, which kind of sucks. But that's honestly the least of concerns because if you haven't heard, uh, the team that the Vikings just played, the Tennessee Titans, had eight positive uh, COVID tests uh, come back. Yes, uh, either yesterday or today, and now. Their facilities are shut down, as are the Vikings' facilities, until Saturday, it's looking like. And now there's a question of, 
you know, can these teams even play this week? You know, if you can't practice till Saturday, how are you going to play a game of football on Sunday? You know, there's no real slack in the in the NFL schedule. This week is this week and last week were the week weeks of games that could be the most easily canceled the way they set up the schedule, but it's going to be very interesting to see how they deal with this. But my point with that, not just to uh, talk about football, is that this is still an issue, and it's going to be an issue for a long time, unfortunately. Yep. I think the best solution uh, that we could offer in general is just that everyone should become a Cowboys fan because they're a good team. Nope. Nope. I know nothing about football, but I know that everyone hates the Cowboys, so now whenever someone asks me about football, I just say that I'm a Cowboys fan. They would be 0-3 as well if uh, the Falcons knew how onside kicks worked. I mean, but they won, so we take those. They would also be doing better than 0-3 if refs knew what uh, pass interference calls were. But anyway, that's for the discussion for another day. Now, do I watch football? No. I've only only seen the tweets. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like I'm the asshole who just parrots tweets. Uh, yep. Okay, so sad to hear about Arc Revo 2020 finals. Happy to hear that they're still doing right by the players and in sharing that final money and you know not being scummy, like I like some of us would assume that they would be. Um, so good on them. Good job, Arc Revo World Tour. We're sad to see you go, but we look forward to next year. I'm just getting these steps in on this watch. Um, all right. Let's start tackling the big stuff. So we're, we're going to have – so we have uh, two, two big topics left. We have our Tokyo Game Show announcements with Capcom stuff, and we have – well, not just Capcom stuff. Sega also announced some stuff as well, to the surprise of everybody. And yeah. we also have Tekken stuff. And Tekken stuff, I have a ton of – like, there's a page in the doc just dedicated to Tekken stuff because I watched the thing. Yeah, I also watched is. the Street <laughs> Fighter. Um, okay, so we have 15 minutes. Uh, should we start with Tokyo Game Show stuff? I think that's a good starting point. Okay. Yeah. Actually, actually, I feel like we should start with Tekken and then we should move to Tokyo just because we have more, honestly, on the dock about Tekken. Okay. Then let's do Tekken. I feel Tekken. like we'll run out of time if we don't start with Tekken. Sounds good. Then we are going with Tekken right about now. So, after the online tournament on Saturday, Tekken, uh... Harada and Michael Murray came on stream and announced a bunch of stuff for Season 4 and all of the upcoming stuff. First of which is this crazy old trailer for the character that everybody was arguing about. Ah, oh, this is loud. I apologize. I forgot to turn it down. You monster. I forgot to turn it down. Um, <laughs> so they, they teased this character and everybody knew who it was, but not a lot of people were confident in who it was because of all the crazy bait and switches. But here it is character trailer i also just realized that the the timer went away put it over here i apologize for the, the the time is still right uh but anyway i'm just gonna fast forward through this because we are on timer and everybody's seen this trailer already i don't think they need to see it on our show uh here, here it comes who is it who is it who that oh it's kunimitsu everybody's losing their minds uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the part that sucks about not having the offline events, is just hearing you don't the get reactions. to hear the hype anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I used to every time I was upset, I would I would watch those like crowd reaction 
to like new seasons and stuff just because like everybody was so happy in the same place made me happy a little bit it's contagious i i my yeah. favorite is still to this day the negan one that was oh, yeah. like uh max and wooly was there and he's just like for what reason why <laughs> for what reason uh but anyway so this is one of two characters in the season four uh in the season four DLCs, uh, first being Kunimitsu, we still don't know who the second one is. Uh, but some crazy things about this character is that she is not the same Kunimitsu from before. This is the other Kunimitsu's daughter, apparently. Mm. So people have been going crazy about that. And uh, another thing that's very uncharacteristic of this character is she talks and she says words. Apparently, older Kunimitsu did not. Wait, here he goes. She hasn't said anything yet, though. Oh, here we go. And she took off her mask. It's turns out it's Taki. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that's Kunimitsu. Uh, season four, new character, no release date. Uh, this was, you know, we we saw the teaser for her um, earlier, but. It was officially, unofficially leaked uh, by Bandai Namco Brazil a little bit before the announcement. So, yep. it was unfortunately it, it, you might have been spoiled, but this was something we all knew was coming. Yeah, uh, as Harada would say, "Sit down to hell." Uh, as in, just shut up <laughs> about the leak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but alongside this, they actually uh, Harada and Michael Murray sat down to do an entire presentation for us about the future of Tekken 7 and what we can look forward to season 4 and there was a lot of information that they dropped. They even went as far as like saying uh, giving us a little peek behind the scenes as to what the philosophy of uh, the changes that they that they're about to uh, do to Tekken are. Sorry, I completely like lost my train of thought in the middle of that sentence. But here are some of the things that they announced in uh, the presentation. First, six million copies of Tekken has been sold. Mm. They made some new art, and it's hilarious. It's uh, uh, all of the Tekken people in a Zoom call. It looks very funny, and it looks uh, it's very heartwarming to see, even though it's like kind of sad still. Uh, but it's great. Yeah, because they can't party anymore. They were always partying when they hit a uh, million. Yeah, but now Aww. they're all in uh, in Zoom squares. Um, also, I, when did they hit 5 million? They hit 5 million, it was like, what, uh, Tekken World Tour Finals, wasn't it, when they announced they did that? Or was it before that? Uh, I, feel, I, feel like, I feel like these are getting quicker and quicker and quicker. February. Like, February, okay. This yeah, year or last year? Start of quarantine. This year. So yeah. they hit 5 million in February this year, and then they hit, or I'm sorry, they hit 3 million, and then they hit, no, 5 million this year, 6 million now? Yes. That's all. That's a very short time for 1 million copies of a game that's five years old. Um, so good shit to Tekken. Yeah. I'm sorry, four years old. Um, yeah, good shit to Tekken. Thank you. Got to get my steps in. All right. Uh, six million copies. We saw we saw Kunimitsu and the crazy cinematic trailer. There's a lot of lore and a lot of story in that trailer. So if you haven't seen it, please go see it. We don't have time to look at it because we are on a timer. Um, two big updates coming to Season 4 are the Wi-Fi indicator. So you can finally mm. see if somebody's playing on that dang there wifi. Uh, and then you can choose to decline a match. Uh, Harada also went on to say that they took a lot of information, not just from fighting games, since you know Bandai Namco has such a huge catalog of games. He was taking information from all of the games uh, that they have under their banner 
to come up with a conclusion on how to make Neko better, how to make the uh, online experience a little better. So that was super cool to hear and see. Um, in addition to the Wi-Fi indicator, they also announced netcode improvements. Oof. Let's go. Let's go, Bandai Namco. Okay. Uh, so they they announced that they were um they they still were doing the, so I don't I'm I don't know how netcode works, but there is this whole discussion about how Harada's claim is that they can't use netcode as much or they can't use rollback rather uh in a traditional sense because it makes the animations of the game look super janky and it makes it difficult. The other thing that, that they mentioned sense. and this I think is uh understood by everybody is Tekken takes a lot of CPU processing power to run. Mm -hmm. The addition of good no rollback netcode makes it so that, that those CPU processes take forever to run. So I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to balance out how to have this heavy game run with this uh, resource-intensive netcode. Uh, so they're saying that they've solved it, and so we can expect rollback improvements uh, or improvements to their rollback and improvements to their netcode for better off our online experience the other thing that they announced go ahead i was going to say i know i mentioned it earlier inside of the podcast but mm -hmm. i think that this has a lot to do with the fact that tom cannon and tony cannon both made ggpo uh open source which means that literally anyone can go through the coding for all of mm -hmm. it the way rollback works just for people who don't know by the way is it keeps all of your states um in a knowledge base so like if you're hitting a move or something uh it keeps the state of that move until it realizes that that state has changed at which point it then goes back inside of the code and it finds that state and it implements the different changes so if a player was pressing forward and then they like press punch or something like that on frame two but the game said that it kept going forward it would actually go back and in the middle of that it would go back inside the data and hit press two or press punch for the opponent so that the opponent uh, sees the later parts of the animation for the punch so they can then react to that later that's how rollback works and that makes sense because Tekken has so many different motions and everything it would use a lot of codes to keep that it would use a lot of processing power to keep that much save state for every single character because there's so many moves it works very very well in a game where you have limited uh limited characters who all have the same type of move that are all like specifically 2d based it's very very easy to do and things like that and even in ki where it's still kind of 2d ish but 3d environments that is next to impossible which is what i'm sure they ran into so i'm really interested in seeing whether or not they actually did source ggpo at all for that information or whether they made their own proprietary answer to that i'm very interested in seeing that from a dev standpoint yeah i don't know the answer to that you might have to ask karata but you know what they say yeah, no, don't I, ask them I for think shit. i'll watch the podcast <laughs> if i want to be honest they may have just said all of that because i wanted to clip it for twitter later who Ooh. knows fancy um in addition to the new netcode changes, they also announced that they have been running tests. They have been running an alpha of this netcode and that they have been using top players here in the U.S. The biggest thing that they announced that I never thought I would hear from a Japanese developer is that they took into consideration the shitty experience that we have playing from the West Coast to the East Coast in the U.S. So they specifically took that into account uh, and they have been testing a bunch of stuff with a bunch of top players here in the U.S., so uh, Mark, uh, it turns out that Markman and Anakin were two of the people that were on that test. They were running commentary for the, uh, they were running commentary for the tournament. So as soon as they finished with this uh, presentation, Anakin and Markman were both doing the, we don't want to hype you up, but we played it. It was pretty good. Um, 
uh, one of the big things that Markman said was he they were also able to run a game from the West Coast to Japan, feeling pretty good. So that's a that's a big deal. If that is the future, and granted, the one thing to take away here is that these tests are in very controlled environments with very specific things happening. So who knows if it's going to be the same uh, when it's released out into the world? But sounds like everything has been pretty positive, and the reception for uh, these tests that they have been running has been received very well. So looking forward to that. Next, sorry, I have to take a little breath here. Uh, <laughs> You're doing great. Next, they also announced the uh, philosophy for their balance changes, right? So one of the big issues that this game has been, has been running into is specifically online, and I actually was watching L.I. Joe play a little bit earlier, and I saw exactly what they were talking about, where somebody can, since the online experience is already not great, you can get hit by moves online that you would usually be able to react to offline. So... In Tekken, if you get hit by a snake edge and then eat a wall combo, that's about 60% of your life bar gone, like from the beginning of the game. So that is one thing that they specifically wanted to address uh, was the fact that if you just ate a move and had to eat a wall combo, that you were, you were down to like one decision left to live. So they talked a lot about how in past games, they would just extend the health bar. They would give characters more health and that would make the game seem more balanced in the eyes of everybody else, which was super interesting to hear. Um, but, and they also went into like a lot of like the, the trials and, and tribulations of, uh, early Tekkens and how, uh, Harada specifically told the story of somebody who used to be a top player at Japanese arcades when Harada would run tournaments that would, he would complain about the balance to Harada. They hired him at Bandai Namco. He rebalanced the game. Everything was super balanced, but the game was super boring. Then he rebalanced it again. And then other people then started complaining about the balance to the guy that was complaining about the balance beforehand. So it's like a weird cycle that we live in as FGC uh, members. So it was super cool that they told a bunch of stories and they like really put everything into perspective. Uh, but they're, they're pushing to make the game be more uh, risk-reward based, right? So they're, they're really wanting people to eat shit for taking bad risks and they want people to earn uh earn their hits and play the game a little better quote unquote uh so i think that's a really good philosophy to take uh and i'm looking forward to what they're going to do they're as always they're going to be adding new moves to every character they're going to be doing uh the same stuff that they've been doing for past seasons for this season so i'm super excited to see what happens through there next we're almost there uh we have a new rank <laughs> Tekken God Prime is now not the top rank. Tekken God Omega <laughs> is now the top rank. So everybody oh, yeah. has reason to keep grinding. Not only for the new rank, but they're resetting ranks. They're completely resetting online ranked. However, wow. you don't have to worry. If you have Tekken God Prime, you don't have to worry about having to play little Timmy who's never played the game before on a beginner rank. They're going to scale it down based on where you are. So basically how they scale the ranking per each character that you take online, that's how they're going to treat this reset. So you don't have to worry about starting all the way from beginner and have to beat up like four-year-old little Timmy picking up the game for the first time. And then he... And, after and then his dad up, who gets on after he cries. Yeah, Yeah, and then little but Timmy's never going to want to play Tekken today? again. What's up? How are they going to learn today? Yeah, they'll learn eventually. Kids. Maybe not today, but they'll learn soon. Uh, 
So that's another thing to look out for. Uh, they're just basically taking all the ranks and just squishing them down a little bit and making sure everybody is in the same general area, taking into account more experienced players and less experienced player and everything. So everybody still has a decent experience, right? Um, next, Tekken Prowess. They uh, announced a, or they spilled a couple more details about that, and this is going to be the new ranking system, right, uh, on top of the ranks that they already have. Uh, so Tekken Prowess is going to be... Uh, influenced by four different things. It's by your highest owned ranked rank, uh, so whichever character you're best ranked with, your total rank across all characters, your play stats, and your number of matches. So oh, wow. all, all four of these things are going to influence your Tekken prowess, and that is going to add a whole different dimension into the game. So Interesting. Uh, last but not least, they announced what I thought was right, was true, and they basically said Elon was right on stream without saying those words. They were, tr we were supposed to have this already, according to Harada. Uh, this was already supposed to be out. We were supposed to be playing it. However, due to COVID, they got delayed a couple months. So they are trying to hit autumn. That was their, uh, that was their forecast delivery uh, of this update. So autumn. Remember a couple weeks back, I said September 6th, that's the Magic Tekken date. That's when Season 2 came out. That's when Season 3 was supposed to come out. But they say it was, an er they say it was a typo on their website, but I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be September 6th. Um, so they almost came out with it September 6th this year, but unfortunately due to COVID, they got delayed. All right. And that was all the information that came out of Tekken, season f Tekken 7 Season 4 from the Ben and Emco presentation after the tournament this past Saturday night. Was that feast. was great, Elon. That was great. And you hit the timer. I was like, is he going to hit it? Is he going to hit it? He hit the timer perfectly. That's All right. Any thoughts on Tekken? What, what a pro. I just talked for 15 minutes. I'm tired. What do you guys have to say? <laughs> Steve, do you want to start? Well, we're going, I guess we're going from the feast that was the information on what's in the future for Tekken to. Street Fighter V's presentation, which featured a lot of stuff. It featured a lot of information. Wait. Not necessarily... Go ahead. Oh! <laughs> there we go. Not necessarily... Uh, if you're the type of player who only cares about wanting to see the new character and what's, what's good, it wasn't a huge, huge uh, bit of news for you. You got to see a, a Dan trailer. Didn't didn't show off a super, but showed off a lot of his st his style. Uh, he does have the super taunt, uh, so maybe that means we're getting a second super. Ignore that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm not ignoring that. How dare you only give me 32 <laughs> seconds? The timer is still on the screen. Uh, do we have the Dan trailer? Yes, we do. Well, it's not really let's, a trailer; it's a preview. Let, let Let's hit the preview. There he is. And it's... I'm so mad he's coming That's the into preview. this game. And he is currently underdeveloped. So, it, again, it's it's a bit farther away than I expected. Like, I thought we'd have a little more than just the normals and the throws. But it is said, what though, it is. With this said, though, this is more information about a character than we usually get from a trailer. Mm. That's one way to look at it. Yep. So, I don't mind 
that instead of getting, you know, a trailer with a couple of teases here and there, that we're actually seeing what the character looks like, what, like, how, how they move, what things look like, and how they're supposed to feel. Um, I'm a big fan of it, to be completely honest. There, there's a special moves, and you can charge it. Um, they even went into some like they when they were presenting this uh, at Tokyo Game Show. They even went into some of the philosophies on like what move, what the moves are, how it's supposed to be used, and all this other stuff, which I thought was super neat. So I'm a fan. For the record, I will say one of the best things coming out of quarantine times in general is uh, fighting game developers realizing that we deserve a little bit more transparency when it comes to the breakdown of why the moves were changed and frame data. Really mm -hmm. enjoying it a lot. Yeah. After, after this, would you be able to to rewind back to that second EX Tatsu? I can do that right now. Oh, oh, let it play through. Let it play through. Nope, too late. <laughs> you asked for this. Farther back. Farther back. Oh, farther back? Yeah. The first one, right? Here comes Before the Tatsu. The nope. Oh, wait, you want the Tatsus. Here. It's yeah. Because right that looked negative as hell. Even it did, the EX right? on hit. Yeah. Yeah. But that's Dan. So that's here's Dan the in general. Thing. Or it's here's, even. Here's the thing. Uh, this character has uh, a lot of flourishes after moves, right? You see those animations after he does the move, like he's winding his shoulder back after he does the DP. Or even there, he throws his arm back. You know, another character that has this is Zeku. And mm. the thing that a lot of people have talked about is when they first saw Zeku, when they saw those character flourishes afterwards, they were super scared about what the, the frame data was going to look like. But... Those flourishes can actually be canceled. I don't know if it's the same thing for Seth. But here's his V-Skill. He taunts with V-Skill. And you can combo into some of those taunts. Oh my god, I hate Dan. And here's Super. Now, this is important. This is his Super. So it's the Super Taunt. Oh my god. There you go. Now... Hello, Stop making joke characters, Capcom. We're tired of it. We're well, tired of it. Here's the thing. So, in the TGS presentation, they didn't mention anything about the new mechanic that's coming out with Dan. They didn't mention anything, aside from Dan, as far as I remember. Um, aside from... Uh, oh, by the way, uh, before I forget, I meant to put this on the dock, but I forgot. This is the last week that you can get Street Fighter V for free on PlayStation, if you have PlayStation Plus on PSN. So, if you haven't gotten it, just add that shit to your library. It's free. If you're paying for yeah, PS, download it right now. Um, but one of the one of the things is so since they didn't talk about that extra mechanic, showing Dan Super being a taunt makes me think that there's going to be two supers coming. Here's why: Super is a super is extremely important to every character in Street Fighter V. That's how you win rounds for like eighty percent of the game. If they took Dan Super away and just made it the Super Taunt, that character is not going to be playable. So, mm. having two Supers to the point where you can have one Super be a normal Super that does damage and does things, and have the Joke Super will make this character a lot more viable. So, my guess is that without saying it, they revealed to us that there's going to be two Supers. Hmm. I think I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, this is just me. I feel like, of course, he's going to get two supers because every character does, honestly. Like, it, it just, of course. I, 
it feels it feels like they put the first one in for the fans who remember Dan from four, honestly, and they wanted to stay true to the character. But when people actually realize that it's either too good or not good enough, then they'll announce the second one. Yeah, and there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, but Akuma has two supers." Well, you have to be in V Trigger. That's different. It's still the same super. Yeah. I can see that happening. Is all I'm saying. I'm just not a Dan fan. I'm just wait. I'm just ready for Rose. Rose is who I played, uh-huh. and Ultra. Rose is who I'm going to play in five. Yeah. Well, we didn't receive any information on when that's coming, though. Well, I know. General... I know we won't. <laughs> I know we won't. I understand. I just, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. When we have that conversation, when I see that on the Google Doc, just be ready. Be like, Sharpie's going to be talking for a good 10 minutes about Rose. <laughs> That's it. Uh, there is, uh, so the, the V-Skill taunt I thought was A, hilarious, and B, the fact that you can combo in and out of it is amazing to me. I, I, I really want to try this character because seeing, seeing him do DP cancel in the taunt into EX Tatsu or whatever happened during that combo. Here, I'm gonna I actually want to play it back. I want to see that. Where to go? Let's look at that combo one more time. Hold on. Where where is it at? Right. Here it is. This is uh, why I don't yet. respect. This is why I don't respect Dan players. Here here it comes here it comes. Oh god. See, DP taunt EX DP. That that wins for me. That's I a, want to play that's that That's a VX skill. Uh, that's a V skill though. Right. That's what I'm saying. DP, oh. cancel into V-Skill Taunt, where he like does a finger gun at your shoe. Oh, I thought you were talking about Super Taunt. My bad. No, no, no. no, no. Steve, you don't get it. For Dan players, it's about respect. Okay? If I'm not playing and the other player doesn't realize that I'm a better player than them, we're not playing Street Fighter. That's how Dan players think. Okay? I'm very familiar with them. Spent a lot of time watching Ultra. I know exactly what they're thinking right here. And it's just, stop. Just give us Rose, bro. We didn't ask for joke characters. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. I will, I will but say no, this. in all seriousness, Dan looks, Dan, looks, Dan looks interesting. Really happy to see him. Happy that he's still very, it looks like they were very respectful with a lot of his moves. And that they stayed true to who Dan was as a person while bringing him up to speed, which I like to see. Yeah, and they also added a couple more references to who he's based off of. Yeah. Uh, because he, he's supposed to be, like, the joke character. Like, he's supposed to be, like, the fuck you SNK character. Yeah. Uh, so the fact that they have some of the moves, uh, some of his moves where he makes the same sound as that SNK character, uh, <laughs> along with uh, having those same flourishes as that same SNK character this time around, makes it super funny to mm-hmm. me. Uh, yeah. And, like, I, I think I'm really... At first, I wasn't too sold on it, but now that I'm seeing it more and more, like, the character flourishes, like, the him moving his shoulder after he does a DP or him, like, uh, after he does a throw, like, regaining his balance, all this stuff. Uh, it looks so cool. It looks so funny. I'm a fan. Even when Zeku does it, where he's, like, you know, he does something, and then he's, like, or whatever Zeku does. Uh, that shit looks so cool, and it gives the character so much more personality. And from playing the game, like, that stuff that you stop noticing after a while but i think it's a good way of like showing off who a character is uh without that little bit of polish yeah yeah Yeah. and it makes it makes things seem more rounded out and i think it makes for a better viewing experience maybe i'm not entirely sure yet um but you know what devs call it is a game feel it increases game feel is what that is. That little bit of polish, that little bit of like extra flourish on a move, that little bit of like uh, extra leeway when you jump and you kind of recover back in. It's very prominent inside of fighting games, but in other games, that's just called game feel. It's really, really nice. Specifically on Dan, I completely understand what you're saying. 
But we're never going to see it in competitive play because people are going to cancel out of it unless it's Sonic Fox playing to, like, you know, mess with someone. Yeah. <laughs> or I, I think I vaguely remember Justin Wong doing a Dan taunt, the Dan Super Taunt in tournament. Oh, you don't want to let you don't want to let Justin get his hands on this character at all. You don't you don't want to wish that, that on anyone. <laughs> that wasn't the set against Air, was it? I think so. Oh man, Oof. that that was such a good set because you see him kind of like hovering over over Dan, and then as soon as he co- he selects him, he turns to to Air and says, "One time, one time." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, it is it is. Everybody's confirming in the chat. It is Justin Wong and Air. Man, uh, can't wait for tournaments to come back. Um, anyway, uh, so was that it for Street Fighter Five? They showed Dan. I think off. that was it. They didn't really say much else, They're, right? They they Why don't we talked about. Oh, sorry. They talked about a lot of other things uh, surrounding Street Fighter, not necessarily uh, Street Fighter Season Five, but they talked a little bit about esports. They talked a little bit about other things uh, in in the. Uh, Street Fighter ecosystem, I guess, is the best way to put it. So, if if you're a fan of Street Fighter as a series, it was it was a fun presentation. If you're only concerned about what the future of the game holds, you probably didn't leave as satisfied as a Tekken fan did this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I do want to add is, uh, I know it, we haven't really talked about it, but since we have like an additional four minutes, I'll kind of cover it. Uh, they talked about announcing a Virtual Fighter E-League, which I thought was really cool, to be very honest. Uh, Virtual Fighter was one of the very first fighters that I was actually introduced to as a child. I didn't actually play it, but my father uh, spent a lot of time watching footage from it on this really, really old website. I know you guys aren't super familiar with, like, internet and everyone just thinks about YouTube now, but way back when there used to be this thing called FTP sites that people would upload things to. And my dad used to grab old virtual fighter like gameplay and watch it and download it on our media server and everything like that. But um, I'm excited because as someone who didn't play virtual fighter, but watched it a lot when I was younger and I didn't really know what fighting games was, that's kind of cool. That's honestly really awesome. Them bringing back virtual fighter in a time period, especially when people are inside of their homes and just uh, experimenting and engaging and just ingesting content in general. This is a great time in my experience uh, personally for them to be bringing it back. Yeah, no, and here's the, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, the thing is, we don't really know what form this is going to take. Mm-hmm. If this mm-hmm. is going to be a new game, if this is going to be like a new esports endeavor, a new league. There, Sega did not share many uh, details aside from a one-minute trailer and basically saying, "Virtual Fighter Cross Esports." Yeah. Cool. Like, yep. Will we see? It, 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 in my mind it sort of cements the idea that a game is coming down the pipe, not necessarily Mm. in the immediate future. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you saw uh, a couple years before Street Fighter V came out, you saw a big, big investment in uh, that Capcom and Twitch made, and uh, Sega, or excuse me, Sony, made in the Capcom Pro Tour, making that Mm -hmm. a big thing. And then, oh, hey, you like competitive Street Fighter? There's this game coming out. Uh, I, I feel like this could be uh, the first inkling of a new, of a, uh, of Sega learning how to count to six. 
Could be. Oh, no. Uh, here's, here's Why'd why... you say it? <laughs> here's why I don't think it's going to be a new game. Mm. If it was a new game... Well, first of all, they announced that this, this is happening because it's Sega's 60th anniversary. Uh, yeah. So that's why they're doing this. So... In celebrating an anniversary, you usually don't make new stuff, but you go back and you enjoy the old stuff, right? So what I think is going to happen is they're probably going to have a league for Virtual Fighter, for multiple Virtual Fighter games. And my assumption is that if this does well, and Sega's like, hey, all right, this worked out, then they'll work on a Virtual Fighter 6. Right. Because at this point, like, why not just announce the game instead of just saying, oh, it's eSports? Because they it's don't still have too far interest. away. Because they, they don't have enough interest. This is a game, this is a community that has not been uh, in the public eye for a very long time. It has very old roots inside the fighting game community, but it's still considered a smaller fighting game, even though it's it's one of the very first fighting games to have ever existed. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, Sega doesn't know where they stand. They're not a big publisher, uh, specifically inside the FGC, so they don't even know if the community's here right now. They have to gauge entrance. Uh, this is the first thing that you typically see marketing companies do when they're like, okay, we want to make a new game. Let's see how many people are actually out here. So what we'll probably see, to be very honest, is closer to what you said, which is probably a league with all these different versions of the game, telling everybody, hey, do you really like Virtua Fighter? So that's what's going to be really important is just letting people know that we're interested in the game, that we expect to see it for a long time. Here's, here's why you don't necessarily announce nope, something Ah, before. Steve, we're out of time. I'm sorry to tell you. <laughs> I'm using my one-minute extension since you canceled my other extension earlier. Oh, my All right, God. Fine. One I minute can't extension. believe this is See, this is why I said this one-minute extension is going to kick me in the butt because now I'm salty. <laughs> Go. If you, re if you remember, um, think back last year, uh, 14 months ago up, about now, uh, we heard about this little game called uh, King of Fighters 15. Mm. How much have we heard about that since then? It's coming soon. It, it's, we've basically heard we still got a logo. That, that's the tagline for the game. King of Fighters 15, we still got a logo. But it's to be fair, quarantine happened. Quarantine did happen, but there's, there was like six months between quarant, uh, when quarantine started and the announcement, or obviously announcement, then quarantine. So the perception is if you don't have news coming down the pipe, you, you, you lose the luster. So you got to be, especially with so many fighting games out now, you got to be the big new shiny thing. So you don't announce anything until you have a flow of content ready to support it being constantly in the uh, limelight. That salty minute, that salty minute is such a good addition because, like, I'm sitting here mad. Like, Steve's like, I got final word. I got final word. I had Stew time. on that. I got final word. Stew on like, that, I'm Sharpie. just like, oh. Stew on that, he says. Wow. Um, all this aside, was there anything else that happened? Uh, there was a lot, right? There was a fake tweet that went out yeah. by a fake Ed Boon account that said, hey, here's a reveal. Just kidding. And I, Steve I, got I hit with it. For it. Steve I, fell for I, it. I fell for the mix-up, and I apologize. Um, oh. oh, man. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this uh, post to Scrub Quotes that I saw today. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm even going to put the link in the chat just because I can't even do it justice explaining it. And it was a Fightcade conversation between uh, somebody and John Choi. And 
this person, who obviously does not know who John Choi is, uh, <laughs> was accusing John Choi of using macros because he threw fireballs consistently. Amazing. <laughs> that, I think, is like, the, I literally looked at it. I was out in the middle of a meeting for work, and I just started laughing. I had to, like, legit turn my camera off, turn my microphone off, because I needed to breathe. <laughs> Holy shit. The thing is, I think this brings up a good like barometer for like the difference of playing abilities, right? Where you have somebody who can't throw fireballs consistently thinking, oh my god, this person's cheating because they do it well. Um So I, I'm I'm super curious. Like have you guys run into anything like that where you run into a player who's still re either relatively new or isn't competitively minded in a game and just can't believe somebody is this good at it? Yeah, I play Smash. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I play Smash very often. So yeah. The to be very honest, I think Sorry. Okay. I'll be I'll be honest and I, I won't I won't throw shade because I know very talented Smash players, but to be very honest, I did start inside the melee community. I have been following Smash just because I have a lot of very good old friends that still play it and are very, very good at it at a high level. Um, and I also do run events at Xanadu, which is the biggest offline Smash venue in the world. So I'm very familiar with the Smash community. But what I will say is it doesn't surprise me necessarily that there's a large group of, I want to say, more casual players that aren't specifically hardcore players like us. Like something that people forget is that even if you don't place, even if you've competed inside of an offline tournament or even just an online tournament, you have done more than like 98% of the people that have bought this game. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what people don't realize. We are a very, very small percentage of people. And then if you go and you defeat top eight, then you are now 0.1%. And if you win EVO, you are 0.001%. Like, it's a ridiculous margin. But there is a large, a large skill-based gap between people that just buy the game, play it, uh, occasionally with their friends or even their family member who may be very, very competitive. Um, and people that tend to do things like that may not play other games that are incredibly mechanically um, difficult, right? They may just play single player games where the hardest thing they have to do is maybe a quarter circle motion or a full circle motion occasionally. And that's it. That's where, mm -hmm. that's where standard gameplay is nowadays inside of single-player games. So, like, it doesn't astound me that someone didn't really know that fireballs are able to be done that fast because they've never really had to practice that long. Like, I still struggle with DP motions, and I've been playing fighting games now for, God, like, 13 years. So, <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's crazy. Yeah, and some people are in the, uh, in the chat saying that this person took the time to set up Fightcade but didn't take enough time or, like, isn't fighting game minded look i want to tell you a little story about a little elon who was 13 years old uh downloading Mame arcade for the first time on the computer and then finding a an online client and playing uh playing super turbo for the first time since he lived in brazil and losing a lot and then being like man fuck this game this is boring so Somebody sees Fight Cadence like, oh my god, I used to play this game with my brother on the Super Nintendo. I'm going to download it and play a little bit of it. And then this happens, right? Especially in a world where we live online and 
you know, everybody is hiding behind the keyboard and that some text, people can say anything. Speaking of mm-hmm. hiding behind keyboard and text, one more thing I wanted to bring up before we split today is, uh, and I don't usually like bringing up Twitter drama in here, but I feel uh, like this has to be said. Leffen okay. decided oh, to tweet no. out the other day that streaming is harder than part-time jobs. Before, before we go any further in this conversation, I want to state for Leffen's sake, because I believe that we should be fair to him as a person. He acknowledged and apologized after he made this tweet comparing streaming to having a part-time job and actively admitted that he was in the wrong for doing so and also deleted the tweet in which he stated that. So I do want to say that for the record. I do want to say that he learned what he did was wrong, and so there's no need to start any hate or any more conversation online, specifically on Twitter, regarding this. Mm -hmm. And that anyone who wants to move forward with this conversation that is now watching or listening to this podcast should do so understanding that the person has acknowledged that they were wrong and is making an effort to do better. That's what I'll say. Okay. Thank you. Good to know. I did not know that. But I think the, the, there's still a conversation to be had here, and here's why. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, streaming is not easy, especially consistently mm. streaming, right? Uh, any, any, I consider streaming an art at this point, and doing something consistently and doing it to the best of your ability is never easy. Um, however, making a comparison from one thing to another, that doesn't really make sense, is I think what kind of hit a nerve on a lot of people. Mm. Um, so what I, what I will say is this, every, everybody has their own battle to fight, right? Everybody deals with certain struggles. Everybody deals with certain things that are difficult for them. And that's different for every single human being on this planet earth and beyond if there are any other living beings out in the space. So all I think that happened was he... Since Leffen sees streaming as a job, right? Uh, I think I, I don't think I'm incorrect in saying that that's his main source of income at this point. Uh, he was he trying to a compa- salary from his team as well. Oh right, yeah, that's right. Um, he was trying to compare it to like I think he was trying to say like oh, this is how I feel like the way I feel about streaming is how I would feel or uh, somebody would feel if they're working at a part-time job or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's the way it came out. <laughs> it's 100% not, because yeah. his whole thing is, his problem is that he doesn't acknowledge that he's from inside of a place of privilege, mm-hmm. specifically um, inside of gaming. He doesn't acknowledge how easy it is for him to exist, even compared to, like, us or me, someone else who's been streaming for 10 years and doesn't even have, like, a portion of the success that Leffen has and was just granted just because he was good at mm-hmm. multiple games. Like, and to be very honest, just straight, say it straight, because, like, I'm going to talk with a full chest. Leffen's stream is not that great. My stream is better than Leffen's stream. I work significantly harder on my stream than Leffen does on his. And that's, that's, just, that's just truth. That's, that's the real thing. That's, that's, that's truth. I know for a fact that my stream has more production value than Leffen's, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to sit here and say that my job is harder than Leffen's because, like, he has to do so much more. I'm not even going to pretend to understand what he has to do or what he has to know. And I think his problem is not understanding, one, the economic condition that we are inside of the United States. Because you also have to remember, this man lives in Sweden. Yep. Like, they are significantly – it's a totally different environment for him entirely. He doesn't live in a place where there's a huge economic recession right now. Sweden is doing fine, honey. They're doing great, <laughs> okay? They are making money. They are thriving. They don't care about the UK right now. They're like, yo, Britain, you do your thing. God bless you. Salud, uh, Steve. I saw you sneezing. It's cool. But like, 
Leffen's just trying to live his life right now. He has unfortunately been not having a super great time with Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, as everyone knows. And so what we're seeing is a lot of anger being taken out because he's being forced to play a game for money that he doesn't want to play. That's right. really what it is. We don't have to do that. I don't have to do that because I'm inside the fighting game community and I have a real ass job. And I'm, I'm going to say right now with my full chest, I don't have a job, honey. I have a career. Okay. I got 401k. I got my insurance. I got my benefits. I got all of that. Okay. Leffen, don't be coming over here thinking I'm a part-time worker because I'm not, honey. But what I do need to tell you is that you need to respect people out here working at McDonald's because those people are paying for your Twitch subscriptions. Yeah. And that's who you need to be very careful about who you come for. When I talk, I understand that I may not have the same job as everyone else, but you need to understand there are people who may, have had, who may not have had the same opportunity as you. And that's something that I'm going to be very often, I'm going to be very, 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 very honest when I say this. I don't think Leffen 100% comprehends uh, his base all the time when he says these things. He's not thinking large picture. He's just coming from a place of anger. And that's very normal for him as a person and as a personality um, from someone who did see Leffen before he became a big Smash streamer and everything like that. That's the type of person that he is. He was a kid then, and he's, like, growing up now, and he's trying to deal with his anger, but it still gets the best of him, and that's what we saw with that tweet. So, There's one more other point that I wanted to bring up in this, um, and this is something mm -hmm. that I actually – I responded to Tommy Two-Step's response to this tweet. Uh, and in streaming – you're basically submersing yourself in a community and in a culture that you yourself built. Yeah. So especially doing this full time, I think it's very, very easy to just lose touch. Of, oh, easy. Simple. Of you become a god. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's very easy to lose touch of what the real, real world is and what, uh, how other people live their daily lives just because you're living in this thing that you yourself have built. Um, so I, I can totally understand like him, like thinking about it and being like, Hey, this makes sense to me. And then after saying it and seeing the response being like, Oh, I was wrong. But that's, that's not just him as a streamer. That's him as a smash personality. Mm -hmm. That mentality is very, very common at all levels of smash. And I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say all levels, meaning like the 99%. I'm talking about inside of the entirety of the 0.1% of Smash players, you see that. It is very, very rare to find someone who is a top player or top personality in Smash that does not believe that they are the all-seeing shit of the world. Because that's just the way that Smash operates as a, as a business model. That's the way that their personalities act. So, mm -hmm. and um, can I add one act, more redaction though. before we close out the stream? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, yes. So, everybody, I just wanted to go ahead and say something that I don't usually say. I was wrong. Uh, last week, I was actually talking about Future Club, specifically the group that branched off from Lab Zero Games after they were all terminated, um, with the exception of Mike Z. It was built of a very talented group of people. And... Um, Last week, I actually stated that uh, people inside of that company, that is a co-op company, I mentioned that they all had different levels of power. That is incorrect. I spoke with the CEO of the company, and I was educated a little bit more. I apologize. Specifically, what I wanted to let everyone know is that uh, Future Club actually is completely elected. The board uh, that works to cement all the rules for their company and everything is completely elected by the employees at any point in time. If any of the employees feel like the board no longer reflects them, that board is to be removed and everyone votes on a new board, basically. So last week I said that it is dependent on the amount of time that you're with the company. 
the company, that is not true. That is incorrect. And I apologize very much so. I want everyone to understand that I didn't mean that, I didn't mean that statement in malice or anything. I misread something that was posted inside of a Vice article. So I apologize. How dare you be wrong? It's not very often, but y'all got it. You got me saying it. Now, someone (laughs) said that to, uh, someone said that to everybody that was on the Tenno Among Us stream with me last Friday, so they can use that as a sound clip. I'm sure they'll all be very happy. Elon, would you be able to pull up one more thing I put in the (laughs) chat? Uh, Jesus Christ. We've got (laughs) some extra time tonight. Um, Do we? Those of you, well, I mean, we're going to head out, but we're not necessarily running into anybody else right now because Ultra Chen TV actually had their episode last night because in about 25 minutes will be the first uh, presidential debate. Uh, For those of you who aren't in the U.S., this is the first debate. It's going to be on national TV in about uh, 25 minutes. So Ultra Chen said, you know what? We're going to run the show on Monday night so that everyone can watch. Hey, Steve, which um, one of these do you want? There's two of them. I was going the, to stream at Ultra 9. Chen. What the heck? I guess now I just have to live stream the debate. Do the uh, one live from Ultra Chat. De- live stream the debate. Oh, man. The, but who the, wants to hear the, my the... conversation about eating the rich on my stream, twitch.tv slash the purple sharpie, which goes live in about 25 minutes? Who go. wants to do that? Everybody go do uh, the, the first one, by the way. Okay. Uh, uh, because they've they've made some changes as of late. Um, if you can pull up the video, if it's at all there. possible, we're getting there. Right yeah, you know, Ultra Chen. They've been on the grind for a while. Uh, they've made some changes, as you can see from their recent Ooh. video. Um, they oh, have, the timer. Oh, they oh, added the timer. Uh, oh, they mm. added that after we added a timer. Huh. Now mm. look, look to the uh, to the right of Mr. Chenzor. That's a third person on the show. That's a new <gasps> member. That was added after we had our yeah, new literally member the, added to the, the show. day after the the same day we announced it. They immediately announced it afterwards, and then after our stream where I had been showcased the very first time, they did it. So I'm not saying that we're trendsetters. I'm just saying I'm expecting a royalties, Ultra Chen. <laughs> we challenge you to a game of Among Us. <laughs> oh, my God. Sleeping Master. Oh, no, I would, I would probably, I would probably like, take references. this opportunity right now to actually challenge every single member of Ultra Chen to a, five, a 3v3 Among Us tournament where the winner gets no monetary reimbursement whatsoever because we're broke out here because no one subs to us. But, like, we will give you the statement of best Tuesday show, but you won't win. So we don't have to worry about it. Just saying, hmm. just saying, three just being three real among us, huh? That'd be really mm-hmm. interesting. I, like how would, it would that work? Cause there's only two imposters, oh. right? No, you can set it to be one imposter. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Ultra Chen. I mean, we would oh. win hands down just because we're better than them. But like, Oh, and I, I just want to say, I love, I love all of them on that list. <laughs> Tubbleware was, Tupperware is genuinely a great person. He was the only person to actually reach out to me when Skullgirls was at Evo about actually running a tournament after all the offline events were huge and that meant a 
really big deal to me, so I appreciate him personally. Mm-hmm. Ultra David um, and James Chen both gave me a platform to speak shortly after the Mike Z incident back in July, uh, back in June, and with what happened inside of July. And I'm very, very appreciative to them both. So like, it's all love, but also we're gonna beat their fucking ass if we play inside of Among Us, and they know it. They yep. know it. They're scared of us. Here's Just be the real. Thing. Here's the thing. Ultra. Uh, um... When we when when this challenge just happened, a couple of thoughts ran into my head. First was to say, hey, 3v3, Rocket Arena has 3v3, but fuck that. Ultra David's really good at Rocket Arena. We're not taking that bet. I've played with him once, and I'm awful at it. Uh, so no Rocket Arena for you, sir. Uh, but I feel like the, the two shows have such a similar uh, chemistry with uh, the panel including like the three of us and the three of them where you have especially in among us here's what i see happening in among us you have the mastermind which would be sharpie or james chen of course you'd have the wild cards which would be me and ultra david and then Mm. you'd have steve and tubbleware (laughs) (laughs) they don't get a title I, I, I honestly I was making that up as I went and my brain just stopped so that's not uh, no that went that you. went really well that went <laughs> it's really not anything well on I Steven think. Tabor that's more on my brain stopping uh, but well, I'm super curious as to like how the dynamic of us versus them in a game of Among Us would roll All oh right, it's really easy I'm I'm never the imposter I'm literally never the imposter that's the answer but everyone I think the reality of what that would look like is a moot point because we're out of time for today, to be yep. honest. Steve's tired. I'm never tired, but Elon needs to sleep and be powered down every single night so that we can go ahead and boot him up exactly 10 minutes to start the stream before we do. So yep. we have to give him some time, y'all. We have to give him some time. But thank you so much for coming out to stream today. Elon, you want to go ahead and do some final shout-outs, friend? I will. Uh, and then you can just put me in the closet and plug me into the Roomba machine thing. Uh, yeah. That's how I recharge. Anyway, uh, this has been Best of Five. Uh, thank you everybody for hanging out and watching uh, today. This was this, I'm I gotta say Sharpie. I'm so glad you're here. The show's super fun now. Thank you for being here. I'm I'm really happy. And uh, my final word will be: every real podcaster has a sign-off phrase. Does that mean we? Good night, Canada. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna hit the go button because there's nothing that I can do to top that. <laughs>